Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Let's find our way over to James chapter number three, and I'll just, I want to start with just verse one and then later on cover some more. James chapter three, verse one, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with a stricter judgment. First things first, just wow. I mean, just, just wow. Um, as a, as a preacher, as a Bible teacher, um, and, and I have a lot of forums, you know, uh, video teaching, podcast, uh, preaching um, in the local church, uh, uh, teaching in the local church. Uh, I have, I, you know, I write on a blog. I share some things through Instagram and, and uh, Facebook. Uh, uh, cannot tell you how many times I've written letters that that were that were you know epistles. They were full of teaching one-on-one conversations. I read this and um, who, I mean, my heart flutters. I tremble a bit. I'm nervous. You'll be judged with a stricter judgment. The judgment that will be upon everybody is already stricter than that. I want to face It's stricter than I can handle. I am. Um, I actually hate it. I've, I've written about it several times recently. I hate that saying that that says, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle. That's 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 bad theology. That's hogwash. You will give you more than you can handle. If you've ever had to keep up with a toddler, a toddler will give you more than you can handle. Amen. So that's just not true. You know, God will give us more than we can handle but God will not give us more than he can handle. Amen. So when I read James chapter one, excuse me, James chapter three, verse one, excuse me. When I read that, I tremble and I say, this Lord is more than I can bear. And it's, I think it's supposed, it's supposed to make me tremble. It's supposed to make me dependent. It's supposed to make me humble. It's supposed to make me fall down on my knees in reverent worship. It's supposed to make me uh, need God. As as I've been, you know, um, teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes, I've been reading Danny and John and Jonathan Aiken's commentary on it, and uh, I, a phrase they've used is just really stu- struck with, stuck with me. Your frustrations are meant to drive you to Christ. Um, amen. I do not think I am a good teacher. I do not think I am a talented teacher. I do not think I'm an influential teacher. Um, But none of these realities allow me to escape what this verse says. It says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with with greater strictness. I, I don't. I, I pray I never ever lose that feeling that I get when I read that verse. It it does scare me a little bit. I, I I don't know that I've ever had a panic attack 
I, I don't think I have. Um, you, you think I'd know it if I did, right? N- not diminishing that. But I get a feeling in my chest that's hard to describe when I read that. And I think it's it's one of those things that's worth us camping out on for just a few minutes and considering a few things. And I want to say this doesn't just apply to preachers. This doesn't just apply to preachers. It applies to Sunday school teachers. It applies to all kinds of people who who lead small groups, prayer circles, who who chime in with Bible verses on on um, social media, people who who write blogs. Um, it, it you know we're actually told in Christendom, you know, not many of you should become teachers. Now, does that mean that? Teaching is ignoble. No, it's just the opposite. It's a noble calling in the Lord. It is supposed to be entered into with sobriety and trepidation. In other words, know what you're getting into and and really tremble before the Lord. Uh, I would even say that it is to a degree the job of every believer that we are to be his witnesses, that we are to make disciples, every believer. And I think every time any believer, whether they do it through the course of, of witnessing, proclamation, sharing their story, doing a devotion, every believer at every time when God gives them the noble, holy calling and opportunity to share from his word, I think there should be a trembling worship and a, a trepidatious approach. We, we should, we should take the teaching of the word of God very seriously, very seriously. And I don't, I, I mean, turn on, turn on a TV, uh, look, look, look at the, look at the, the preachers out there who, who can say a lot of mumbo jumbo that's got nothing to do with the gospel. And, uh, and, uh, how many words we often waste that, you know, God basically um, is going to hold us to account over. I mean, actually, the scripture says, you know, don't even use any idle words. Oh, my goodness, I'm in trouble. So if you're not supposed to use any idle words and you're supposed to handle the word of God very carefully, then uh, all of a sudden, just anyone speaking is troublesome. And the person who is speaking, who is teaching, who is trying to speak as one who is delivering the oracles of God, James is just being logical to say, hey, that's amped up. You will have a strict, you know, if you're going to be judged for every idle word about everything, you know, in the words of the great theologian Scooby-Doo, Rutrow. If you're just going to, if you're going to be, if you're going to have to, if each of us is going to have to face God over the idle words we've spoken, how much more so is there a strict judgment for we who claim to offer the oracles of God? Again, this is not to say that we should veer away or even to think for one moment that teaching and preaching the word of God is ignoble. No, it is, it is highly noble. It is one of those things the Apostle Paul says, desire the greater gifts. It's, it's of the greater gifts. But to quote, um, you know, what is it, Spider-Man? With great power comes great responsibility. With great treasure 
with the great treasure that is the word of God comes great responsibility. And um, I, for one, I feel it. I, I'll tell you the truth. Um, just just getting ready to teach this and uh, turning on the audio and the video here and having that moment of, of prayer before I literally start hitting record, I got a knot in my stomach. I need to be reminded of this. Sunday school teachers, small group leaders, people who are sharing the word of God on social media. We need to feel the weight of this. And I don't think God would have us stop sharing. He would have us be very careful, very reverent, very balanced. He'd have us to weigh and consider what we're doing. Are we attempting to share the oracles of God? And are we doing it for uh, the pursuit of popularity or material ends? Man, this is serious business, super serious business. Um, and so, so I think it's, it's worth spending some time on it. Um, the other thing that anybody teaching and preaching the word of God must remember, we just, we must remember is if we don't, um, if we don't live what we're preaching, then the stricter judgment will actually start from our peers. It will start from our companions. You know, we'll get called on it. Uh, never forget years and years ago, um, that I did, I'd see this couple quite a bit, you know, their, their child was in our ministry and, um, and, uh, I knew them to be part of a local church and, and, um, and I would see them and I'd always have these super great exchanges as they picked up or dropped off their kids, you know, and, and one, and I just got to know, uh, they had actually, they had two kids that would come and I just got to know one of them and they, you know, wound up being in my small group and we got to sharing and, 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 you know, I just said one day, I said, you, you just really look like you have a really great family, you know, your mom and dad just seem to be wonderful Christian people. And the kid just blew up on me, you know, just blew up. He says, you just see them at the door. You don't see them at my house. And he starts saying, you know, about all their parents, various leadership roles in the local church. And and they revealed that they felt their parents lived a duplicitous life. And, and I said, man, this is just some angry child speaking here. This isn't true. Um, and then, you know, um, um, in the years to come, you know, I've known these folks a long time. In the years to come, saw, saw their lives fall apart, their marriage disintegrate. And, um, you know, literally, 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 they had been, you know, living a spiritual sham. And, um, and, um, praise God, praise God. God is good. God's grace is amazing. I've seen that, that family, you know, recover. Praise God. Um, seen them, you know, find grace, to, you know, kids found a lot of grace. The parents found a lot of grace. It's just amazing, beautiful thing of what God does, but it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, leaders in the local church and doing this and doing that. But, you know, behind that, that was a veneer. It was a facade behind that was, was just, just this other reality, this other reality. And so when we, when we stand up and share in front of people, we want to be genuine, authentic, and we don't want to be, um, anything less than, uh, what we, you know, 
what we're called to be. And, you know, I'd love to do it. I'd love to say, all right, let's pause right here. <laughs> let's walk through some leadership principles and commands throughout the scripture. Let's study the lives of Moses and David. Let's go through these New Testament qualifications for leaders found in First Timothy and Titus. And let's just spend six or eight months creating a leadership school. Well, we're not going to do that. I'm just... I'm just going to say that this command is super serious. The requirements of leadership are super serious. And, uh, we, we've got to, we've got to really, you know, walk with fear and trembling. And we've really got to respond with a, a life that's, that's real. Because he, here's the bottom line truth. The bottom line, simple, straightforward thing is, um, we talk a lot and, Teachers slash preachers talk even more than the, than the, than the average person. And so when we're throwing out a lot of words, you know, um, there's more, it's more likely an opportunity. We'll say something that we all not say. And so, uh, if, you know, by the nature of fulfilling our calling as preachers, teachers, expositors, um, just by the nature of doing that, we use a lot of words. So I want to be careful of those words we use. We want to be authentic in those words we use. Okay. I am um, having been a part of, uh, I, you know, I became a Christian when I was 25 years old. I'm, I'm 49 now. I've only ever been a part uh, of um, three local churches, my home church and two churches where I've done ministry. Uh, but I've also done some interim pastor work in several churches and I've, I've, I've done some, um, uh, collaborative work, some leadership work. I've done some restoration work in a lot of local churches. I represented the ministry I work for in a lot of local churches. I have stepped in and just walked with a lot of local churches. And I, I'll tell you, I see it's some stuff I see us do. I see us fling people into, into, into teaching roles that they aren't qualified for, they don't desire, that they haven't taken serious, they haven't been equipped. And I don't know if I always blame the people, I blame the leadership. You know, instead of restructuring to fit who we have giftings for, we throw ungifted, unwilling people into places. And I, I think we should stop doing that. Okay. I think we should, uh, it, it would be better, it would be better to, uh, to totally restructure your Sunday school ministry, your small group ministry. It'd be totally better to restructure what you do with, you know, your various children's uh, ministries, young adult ministries, older adult ministries, it'd be much better to totally restructure all of that than to put one person in a position where they're not, they're not taking teaching seriously. Um, and, and I, and I think, I think it's another thing is, is, you know, um, if those who are in leadership position aren't displaying, um, humility, worship, dependence on the Lord, if that doesn't come across in how they are handling the word of God and leading, then um, it's less likely to be passed down and through those who lead under their leadership. Uh, for example, a pastor, a pastor is an under shepherd. Uh, we have a great shepherd and we work for that great shepherd and we're just under shepherds and if we don't follow well we won't lead well and if we don't lead well um um 
we're we're very prone uh, to get folks who you know follow blindly but not wisely or who don't follow at all and there's just got to be some more careful stuff in 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 Christendom here some more reverence some more worship some more trepidation and we've got to start um, treating the body of Christ better in this way it'd be better to have to work hard to restructure the entire work of, a, of, of, of the teaching ministry of a local church than to put people in positions who aren't equipped or they aren't spiritually ready or spiritually willing to take the weight of teaching. And uh, before I get into the rest of this passage, I, I, just, I just wanted to take some time to share some thoughts right there. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Tim Bose is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Thank you.